Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Forward, the podcast, the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. You can learn more about the FTCA at forwardthinkingchiro.com. You can also check us out on Instagram at FTCA underscore official. And of course, there is the legendary Facebook group, Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. We are brought to you by China Gel. Check them out at chinagel.com. Not only is China Gel a longtime supporter of the FTCA. They are our, part of our family and we love China Gel to death. It's a great product that they provide, especially in relation to our next sponsor. China Gel has an amazing instrument assisted soft tissue cream for you to use for instrument assisted soft tissue, which leads us to our next sponsor, which is the T-Tool, which is a utilitarian, multi-dimensional, multi-use instrument-assisted soft tissue tool. You got to check it out. It's not just one blade and you don't have to buy a box of blades to fit each one of your needs. It's all in one and one handheld instrument-assisted uh, tool that will save your hands and save your thumbs particularly, which I really, really like. So check out thetool.com. And finally, this podcast is brought to you by Parker Seminars. Parker Seminars has Neurocon a digital event coming on July 31st to August 1st. So we're running out of time to register. Make sure you register for this two-day event. Uh, it's designed for healthcare practitioners who will learn from and network with worldwide leaders on disorders of the nervous system. So uh, by combining the best speakers and innovative learning technology, uh, they're going to focus on patient-centered healthcare that is so needed around the world today in regards to neurology. So be sure to check that out, parkerseminars.com backslash neurocon. You do not want to miss that one if you are interested in neurology. And if you're a chiropractor, hello, you should be interested in neurology. Now, all these things are related. So we got China Gel related to T-Tool. We got Parker Seminars doing neurology. And then we got Parker University supporting our next guest for the podcast, who is Dr. Kevin Christie. Dr. Kevin Christie is a chiropractic physician who received his BS degree from Florida State University in exercise physiology. He later continued his studies at Logan College of Chiropractic in St. Louis, where he received his Doctor of Chiropractic and Master's in Human Biology degrees. In 2010, Dr. Christie founded HealthFit Chiropractic and Sports Recovery and now has locations in Boca Raton and Miami, Florida. In 2017, Dr. Christie developed the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group and its associated podcast. The Modern Chiropractic Marketing Podcast and Facebook group have helped chiropractors develop and implement contact, content marketing strategies to help grow their practice. And now, Dr. Christie has a new book called Doing It Right, Modern Chiropractic Marketing, and that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode, is the new book, Modern Chiropractic Marketing, which will be out August 2020, and uh, some of the issues that... Dr. Christy and I often talk about on this podcast and in person over a few beers when we get the chance. Uh, one of my favorite guests and a good friend of mine. And uh, I hope you get this book because it's going to break it all down for you really nicely. And you can get that book uh, at share.parker.edu. So check it out and enjoy this podcast with Dr. Kevin Christie as we discuss doing it right, modern chiropractic marketing. Welcome, everybody, to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. My guest today is Dr. Kevin Christie, and he's got a book, Doing It Right, Modern Chiropractic Marketing. Uh, Dr. Christie, welcome. Thank you for having me on again. I always, again, uh, I think always, you now have the record. You are now the most. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, yeah. 
It's a good start. You know, I've actually been doing that a little bit more on my podcast is having guests on. I know you've been on mine for, I think, at least three times. Um, and it's like I was thinking to myself, you know, if someone's good and you had them on two years ago, maybe there's something else they have to say, right? So I've been kind of re- repurposing people on my podcast. Well, we have a small community anyway, so you're going to run out of people at some point. That's true, which is why I actually do uh, some solo episodes in between interviews. <laughs> I tried that once. I don't think it's the least, it's the least listened to podcast that I have. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of these episodes will get thousands of uh, downloads and listens, and then that one has a few hundred. Yeah. It made me, it made me uh, humble. People are here to listen to the guests, not me. <laughs> that's no, that's definitely true. Absolutely. Especially uh, you. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, I'm a, <laughs> I don't, I don't particularly have a, a, a thing like you are the modern chiropractic marketing guy and you know, we can bring on anyone else and they have a thing, whether it's a thing that they're known for or a thing that they're selling. I don't have a, a thing except just a big mouth. So well, you, you're great at interviewing people, so that's a unique talent. And then you, you kind of do have a thing with, with writing. Like your written skill set is, you know, pretty, pretty impressive. And I think you get a lot across through writing that you necessarily don't need to also do over voice, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have taken to some of my um, – content production I've taken to writing it because I don't like these podcasts and mm-hmm. when I make videos and content I don't ever write things out I might just scribble down a, like a table of contents that I want to cover mm-hmm. and then push record and then go with it but I've taken to now writing out what I want to say because writing is one of my talents mm-hmm. and then uh, telepromptering it and then reading what I wrote and it's it's been working a little bit better that way actually that's a really good uh, there's a podcast it's a it's a marketing one Robert Rose uh, it's it wouldn't probably interest a lot of people because it doesn't necessarily pertain to chiropractic a lot but he does that he's really good at writing and then he you could tell he's reading it but it's really well done and he's not, uh, you know, stumbling over his words or losing his train of thought and things like that, like I do half the time. Uh, but yeah. it's really well done. Yeah. Well, what is marketing for chiropractic versus not marketing for chiropractic? You know? Uh, yeah, I, I should have phrased it better. He does a lot with like uh, large corporations and gotcha. uh, what they would call MarTech, which is like marketing technology. Uh, so it, there can be this whole other layer that's almost impossible to replicate as a chiropractor. Yeah. With chiropractic marketing is pretty much getting new patients, right? And staying on top of top of mind for the patients that have sort of slipped through the cracks and disappeared over time. Yeah. And you're going to, you're not going to do, you know, there's not going to be a lot of brand awareness like Coca-Cola, things like that. Your, your budgets are limited. Um, some of these marketing director, it's almost like, here's how I equate it, right? If you were a marketing director of Coca-Cola, you're the, we would call you like the CMO, the chief marketing uh, officer. It's like being the executive chef of a, of a large scale restaurant. You're not necessarily behind the line cooking the steak for that couple at the table three, right? You're, I remember when I worked at a, ho- a big hotel that did huge weddings and bar mitzvahs and all the stuff. The executive chef was never behind the line. And then the sous chef was amazing cook. And I remember asking the executive chef, I was like, what's the biggest difference? And he said, is like, I'm preparing meals for 200 people. I'm doing the ordering. I'm coordinating everything. And that's kind of how a, a CMO would be for a large company versus as a chiropractor, even if you were uh, a big practice, you're more like a sous chef in a sense of marketing. You're, you're going to have a lot more hands-on and doing a lot of the behind-the-line type of work. Yeah, there's no room for Gordon Ramsay's no. <laughs> screaming no. at people. Yeah, this <laughs> soup tastes like crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you suck. Yeah, we don't yeah. need that. That's not uh, the marketing we're looking for here at all. Yeah, and that's part of what I've tried – uh, hopefully over the last four years try to do is take some of the information that is at that, at that kind of higher level and distill it down into the, to the chiropractic profession and how you could apply it to your practice. Uh, so hopefully that's helping. Um, what would possess you to write a book? Yeah. What were um, you thinking? You know, <laughs> I knew I had it in me. Um, I've actually dabbled in writing books in the past. You know, a lot of people don't realize, but I did a ton with golf 
uh, from 2005 through uh, 2012. And uh, a buddy of mine, also a chiropractor, Mark Hawkins, we wrote a golf fitness book back in like 08. And it was for the, the regular person, but it was all about golf. And it was also for trainers as well at the time. You know, it's the, always, the thing that's always sucks about writing a book is when you look back on it now, 13 years later, you're like, God, a lot of that information is debunked and garbage. <laughs> and the science has right. changed a lot on fitness for golf, you know. Uh, but it was good. It was definitely good at time. Uh, and that was fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I had another book in me because, you know, I've been creating content since uh, really around this topic of marketing for chiropractors since early 2016 and, you know, weekly podcasts since 2017, we haven't missed a week, a lot of blogs, a lot of posts in Facebook group, a lot of emails sent out, uh, public speaking. You, you actually, uh, always thank you for the first real opportunity to, to get in front of a large audience to speak. And that was at Ford KC in 2018. Uh, and that spawned a lot of other speaking gigs. Uh, so a lot of presentations put together. And then obviously, like when you and I uh, collaborated with the Chiropractic Success Academy, you and I create content for that. Uh, and so I knew I had it. I had the information and I had the concept because uh, I developed that. Oops, sorry about that. I developed that um, for your presentation and Parker's presentation at Parker Vegas uh, back in 2019. And so I had the roadmap and all that. Um, I just had to put it in a book, which isn't did easy. Have, <laughs> did you have a ghostwriter? I uh, no. I actually looked into it. <laughs> I, uh, do you, I know you and I joke around sometimes when we hear a price of someone that we're trying to do some vendor work for. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And you, and you always say it's like, I'm in the wrong profession. Um, That's my quote. Yeah. Yes. And, and you, you might actually be in the wrong profession because you could, you could be a ghostwriter. And, and I looked into it because the book, you know, it's a substantial book and a workbook. Um, it was going to, it was a $50,000 quote I got to, for a ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Bobby, you're in the wrong profession. <laughs> so pretty much you need to guarantee you're going bestseller status if you're going to use a ghostwriter. If not, you should just kind of write your own book. Yes, exactly. Um, it, it, and then here's the other thing. I was fortunate enough that Parker University is publishing this book and they provided an editor. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the big process of if anybody's wanting to write a book is, is obviously writing it, uh, but then editing it's this whole other animal. And um, if I didn't have an editor, uh, it, it really would not have been pretty. <laughs> no, they're very valuable. And in, in- yeah. Uh, Parker is, there's always been chiropractic, the chiropractic colleges have all kind of individually been responsible for publishing their own stuff, like having quote unquote, a publishing house of their own materials. Uh, and Jim Parker was obviously the king of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think Parker University is still at the top of the heap of producing material and content. Uh, Palmer does it too. And um, Life University, they do that as well too but i don't think anyone does it as well as parker university does yeah i've been just impressed like the team they have of all kinds of people you know it's just amazing i mean it all stems and it's actually i think we heard them talk about it when we were in vegas this past february which uh, was last time i've traveled anywhere uh which is unique but they talked about the team they have there for Parker Vegas and the seminars that they put on also in Dallas. Like they've got quite a team which uh, helped them recover from the tornado really well and, and get that kind of reorganized very quickly and, and do all that. And then it's also allows them to do, uh, you know, they've pivoted also this time. I think that, you know, NeuroCon is, is their virtual uh, summit. And then also to put together a book like this, like they just got such a, a well-developed team around content and marketing and, and, and live events and, and just their whole network is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, all, so there's so many chiropractic schools and they're, they're all different in one little way or another, but my school uh, was, which at the time was Western States chiropractic college. Now it's the university of Western States, essentially more or less, for lack of better words, like a ghost town, a, a skeleton crew of just getting the education done. You know, that was the purpose and that was, there was no, 
there wasn't a whole lot of like volleyball in the quad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there wasn't like a, a pep rallies or, uh, you know, it, it just didn't have that, that kind of community feel that, you know, uh, campuses like Parker are dominating and where there's like an experience when you go to the college as well. Yeah. I, I was fortunate enough. I think at Logan, we had that. Yeah. You guys uh, got that, right? Yeah. It's even better now. I think they, they use some of my uh, tuition money to, to build <laughs> some, some of that, but it's, it definitely looks yeah, different. Now the, than yeah. Where do you think the barbecues come from? You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Logan was good with that. I don't know about their, uh, their infrastructure now, as far as like publishing and events and such, but good, good atmosphere. Here's, let's get some nuts and bolts here. Mm -hmm. Somebody gets your book in their hands. What will they get out of it when they read it? Yeah. Um, hopefully they get the fact that they can apply a lot of real world marketing and some, some kind of mindset business stuff, but it's, it's a, it's a marketing book for sure. Um, and I, I was able to get, uh, definitely some really good information from strategic coach. As you know, I'm a member of them. They, they, uh, they approved a lot of that, which was nice to kind of get the mindset right of, okay, this is why you need marketing and some confidence and things like that. But I want them to apply it. And that's why we, we made it a book and a workbook. So when you buy it, it's actually, you know, you read through the book and then you'll, you'll have uh, some marketing exercises to work through and apply the information to your practice, like marketing budgeters and planners and some checklists, uh, an audience builder, uh, you know, just a lot of the marketing concepts that, that we teach in CSA and, uh, and I've developed through modern chiropractic marketing over the years. Uh, so you, you'll really learn marketing and how to apply it, but then be able to use the workbook as well. And, and the biggest thing that I want chiropractors to get out of it, no matter if you're the student who needs to learn this for when you get out, if you've opened up practice or if you're an associate that needs to build your own practice or you're 30 years into this whole thing, uh, this book is for you because we talk a lot about, outsourcing if you're at that point, right? Like when do you uh, do it yourself? When do you outsource it? And so we really dive into that information. Uh, but my, my goal for you to get this is understanding that it's, you know, social media is not marketing. It's just a, it's just a vehicle. It's just a delivery system of your, of your marketing. Uh, this isn't about ads, right? This isn't about the $27 ad or the radio spot or the phone book or uh, even a Facebook ad that's just like, you know, oh, get your exam and treatment, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's about creating consistent and creative content that's going to then drive people into your practice and becoming a leading educator in the community. And then you can leverage the distribution channels like Facebook and Instagram and email and direct mail, all those things. Uh, you, you can definitely leverage that, but you got to get um, your house in order first and making sure that you have uh, proper content, proper messaging, and then you obviously leverage the distribution channel. So that's how we lay it out in the roadmap, which is basically what I just mentioned uh, without putting that car before the horse. So many, unfortunately, so many chiropractors, and we saw it a lot this past, uh, you know, crisis with this COVID-19 was all of a sudden when people couldn't network and go out in the community, which I still think is the best way to grow a practice during normal times. Um, when people couldn't do that anymore and they started to really uh, freak out a little bit about their practice dwindling, all of a sudden you started, started to see them on social media a lot, uh, yeah. but they were complaining to me that they didn't have uh, an audience and it wasn't working. Well, I was like, well, this is what you needed to be doing the last few years. And so I think it hit a lot of people uh, across the face a little bit where uh, you can't just turn it on when you want to and expect it to work. And we've talked about that uh, personally, how many years now? It, it, it's almost endemic to, to the profession to some degree versus uh, when are people going to learn their lesson, right? There's, there's a lesson to learn there and I don't think they will. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. There's two, there's two there. There's one um, where everyone is just kind of doing fine. And then we hit trouble like a pandemic, like COVID-19 and then they start mm -hmm. scrambling, like you said. Yeah. And then there's the other Kairos who do what they're supposed to do. They build an audience. They put out great content. Uh, they use all the vehicles they can possibly use to get that content out to people. And then they get busy. And then once they're busy, they stop doing the thing that got them busy in the first place. And then mm -hmm. they end up slow again. And they're like, wait, what? what? And then it's like a cycle. 
Yeah, I was just having a conversation with a chiropractor uh, yesterday, actually. He's busier than he was pre-COVID, and I'm seeing a lot of that in certain areas of the country, which is good. Um, and he, but he says the same thing ever happens when he gets busy is he falls, you know, back down a little bit. And I was like, well, because your systems that you developed can't handle that load and your systems will never lie to you, you know, right? Yeah. Um, well, the system that they build, the load is them. They're the load. <laughs> so as soon as there's too much, you know, too much bandwidth, like you like to say, once their bandwidth is stretched to its extreme, something's got to go. And it's like the marketing goes. It does. Exactly. And that goes out the window. And then all of a sudden, uh, they get slower again and they try to turn it back on. And, and it's just, you always have to reevaluate, reevaluate your systems, which is why there is a little bit of business in the book. Really not a lot, but a few things where I was like, you know, if I didn't mention this or at least discuss this, then you're going to have too many holes in your bucket and you can start pouring all the marketing water into that bucket as you want. It's just going to leak out. Uh, so that happens too often and you got to get ahead of that. Um, you, you really do. Uh, it, it, it just happens so much to people and it, it becomes frustrating and they never grow the way they, they should and they want to. And, and growth is different, right? Like uh, yeah. I, I take my practice as a good example. Like if you came into my practice in 2013 and you came into my practice today, you would actually see the same amount of uh, patients coming in. Uh, probably less new patients now than before. Um, probably about the same amount of office visits. And you'd kind of say to yourself like, oh, it doesn't seem like you, you've grown much. But uh, what you, fail, you, would, you would fail to realize is that for me, growth has been different in the sense of um, I've changed my marketing because I used to be in network with everything back then. And it became a numbers game, right? Like I needed to see 55 new patients uh, to sustain the, at that point we had, it was me and two other chiropractors. And so to sustain it, we needed all these new patients and then <clears throat> you get more office visits, but we, the people didn't value the care as much per se. Um, and the in-network was fine and it paid pretty decent, but then we got hit with ash all kinds of ways down here. And so now I'm at a network and we see maybe 35 new patients in a month, but we see the same amount of office visits, but my office visit average has gone up. So the dollar amount per visit has substantially gone up. Uh, I, I don't, I, I say this, you know, I always preface this, this, uh, this um, number and I hate it. And I always preface that I hate it, but I always use it. The damn number is the PVA <laughs> and yeah. um, you know, our PVA has gone up a fair amount, but it's a healthy number. It's not like a, you know, get a, a mug type of PVA. Right. Um, but when well, you people have to understand what PVA is, uh, like a lot of people think that that's, you know, like a PVA of 48 and they're like, you're, you're treating somebody 48 visits for a case. And it's exactly. like, no, it's, it's the lifetime. It's the lifetime average of a case, you know, like a hundred percent, you know, it's, I see, I've seen Mrs. Jones for five years now off and on yep. uh, here and there when she injures herself gardening or running or hiking or sleeps wrong. And so there's been three or four or five or six different episodes there. And mm -hmm. then so, and I've got 20 Mrs. Jones and they all average out to be, you know, 48 or 62 or 15 or 12. It's not, you know, I, I, I'm trying, I always try to frame in my mind who, what the listeners are thinking mm -hmm. based on what kind of listeners we might have. And we, we have, uh, you know, experienced chiropractic listeners. We have intermediate chiropractic listeners. Then we have uh, students and, and young chiropractors that really don't understand the business at all or, or aren't exposed to it at all. And they're going to freak out when they hear PVA and they hear words like marketing mm -hmm. and that they have to advertise and, and what the cost of this is and how much I'm getting per case. And it's like, this is the business, man. This is, this is how you keep the doors open and serve the world, you know? Hey, oh, exactly. And that's why I, I think that's part of my goal in life within this profession too, is to, is to really make some of that stuff to be normal. Uh, obviously in our profession, a lot of times the, especially the evidence informed faction of us, uh, we tend to try to stay away so far from the other side that we go too far to one side where it's like, Oh, we better get people better in two visits or we're not doing a good job. Right. Yeah. 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 There's, there's those folks. Sure. Or, yeah. or their egos wrapped up in it. You know, I get people better in two visits. Uh -huh. um, I have issues with that because oh, sure. I, I think it takes as many visits as it takes. Exactly. And then one or fifth it's plus who says you're not biased enough to kick them out too soon. 
Well, the irony of it is, and not to go on a soapbox, and I, and I will get back to what I was saying, but, uh, you know, a lot of them will be movement-based, like we're movement-based, I'm SFMA certified and all that. And it's like, okay, are you really, like, maybe you got them feeling better in a few visits, but did you actually correct the movement? right? That you're so inclined to talk about and, and put on a pedestal. Uh, that's hard to do in a few visits. And, and again, we're not talking about 20 visit treatment plans, but maybe it's eight, maybe it's 12. Uh, I don't know, whatever you feel comfortable with. But that PVA, like you mentioned, is, a, is more of a lifetime number. So imagine if you're doing really good content marketing to people that have been in your practice, right? So let's forget about new patients right now. Yeah. I would say in my practice, the biggest part of our marketing is keeping content in front of people that have already been in our practice. They already like us, they know us. Maybe they haven't been in eight months, they've had an issue. But if I continue to get content in front of them, it's gonna be a higher likelihood that they're gonna come in more often and reactivate for certain conditions. Uh, or uh, they will refer people in, like Bob, who hasn't been in eight months, will still refer in someone because he knows you still exist. And the one thing I've started to talk about, it's like, there's that difference and, and language means a lot. And if someone says, um, my chiropractor, that's a big distinction, right? Yep. Like that, that means like you're their chiropractor. They, they hold that uh, on a higher level than if they said, oh yeah, I've been to a chiropractor before you know, John down the street, right? That's a big yeah, distinction. If they even remember your name. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, and that's the truth. And what really it is good, a damn truth. I can't tell you how many patients I've had where they're like, yeah, I was seeing a chiropractor a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. Who was it? Uh, uh, I don't remember his name. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So if you keep good educational content in front of them, you then will be their chiropractor. Um, yeah. And that's a big distinction to make. And that will increase that PVA. So it's really a number that shows many things. And in my practice, we used to be at like a seven or eight. We'd get all these insurance patients in. And again, I have nothing with be, nothing against being in network with insurance. I think it's really good for a lot of people. Certain states, it's way better. Florida right now is a really tough scenario. But you could still make a good business model out of it. Um, but we were like at a seven or eight PVA and now we're at more like a 15, which just means obviously we're um, doing a better job in patient adherence. We're doing a better job in marketing towards our patients. And again, it's not cheesy marketing, it's content. It's good videos, it's good blogs, it's good emails, trying to be of value to them. And so you can increase those numbers and then you can sit back and say, okay, now it's 2020 in my practice and our revenue is a little bit higher than it was back then but our profits are better. And I'm only, this is me talking now, I'm only treating patients Mondays and Thursdays. I don't treat the other days. Whereas before I was like Monday through Saturday, right? So I've bought freedom uh, because of the way I've done things. And, you know, it's never perfect. There's always going to be ups and downs and struggles. Uh, but if you're, if you're implementing good ethical strategic marketing in your practice, you can really guide your practice in the direction you want to, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we are plagued with an epidemic of lone wolves in this profession. And you and me have discussed this before. and We've discussed mm -hmm. this in group settings where we, we, or at least I, I'll speak for myself. I'm not completely, and I am a lone wolf myself right now. Mm -hmm. I love raising my kids and uh, playing with dogs. And, and the lone wolf lifestyle fits me pretty well right now. It's not my permanent practice lifestyle, but. I'm exploring it and I'm learning how to win at being a lone wolf and, and taking the lumps of what it means to be a lone wolf as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not completely convinced that it's the best way to practice, but it seems to be the way we're finding a lot of chiros. And what I mean by lone wolf is that they are alone. It's just a doctor. There's no staff. There's no nothing. There's no front desk person to help. It's just them. Um, what, when it comes to marketing as sort of a, a skeleton overlook of, of marketing for a lone wolf, how do you think that would look for them? What sort of things should they focus on? Well, you know, obviously I'm big into networking and, and, and yeah. boots on the ground. So I think you need to do a lot of that. Um, I want the, the chiropractor, if, let's say there's two lone wolves. There's ones that have, that are doing well and they got a little bit of extra spending money. Uh, you're going to need to outsource. And I like the analogy uh, 
of having scaffolding for your practice or for your business, right? So, you know, if you were building a building, you see all that scaffolding on the outside of it, and then they take that away once the building is, is built. Well, you can have a scaffolding around your practice as well, and that essentially is having people that are outsourced. You know, I've got a, I've got a lone wolf that's got a virtual front desk, and, and so yeah. everything's done virtually, and it's working pretty well. Uh, so that's an example of that. Uh, so I, I would I would try to outsource effectively, vet these folks, um, but really have a good team of outsourced people around you because you're not going to have it internally. Whereas like in my practice, I've got team members within and I can delegate a lot and I, I outsource a lot also, but you're going to have to rely more on outsourcing uh, to different experts uh, and maybe their niche expert. So instead of having an office manager that's doing 43 different things, you may need 43 people. That's yeah. an exaggeration, but it's... No, no, it's, no. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think for the listeners that are that are catching up to this, um, there are things that you have to do regardless of what kind of practice you have that you need to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. They're not marketing, but they're just business. Like you need to answer the phone when it rings. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, you need to do things like check up on patients after their first ever visit, new patients and see how they're doing after their first visit and answer any questions they might have. Uh, yep. You need to schedule people efficiently. You need to process payment. Uh, if you do insurance, the insurance billing and all that stuff, those things need to be done. But some people who are lone wolves, they miss, you can't miss this stuff, but they miss it. And yep. then they wonder why they've been lone wolves for, you know, 10 years and mm-hmm. grown out of it. Okay. I, some of them never want to grow out of it. Yep. Some of them are afraid to grow out of it. And, but some of them really do want to grow out of it and they don't see the parts that they're missing because that's the reason they become lone wolves, right? It's like, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do in my practice. I want to practice the way I want to practice. Uh-huh. But what sometimes you really need is someone to say to you, um, you're not doing that right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, you do it better. And it's an interesting dichotomy of, of like, a, you know, like you just said of the burden, right? So when you do build up a big practice or, you know, I've got two, I've got one in Boca Raton, which is my main office and one down in Miami. Um, you definitely have a burden of, of payroll and team and growing and the pains of that. Uh, and as a lone wolf, you're not going to have that burden, but then you, as a lone wolf, you have the burden of it's all on you. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and if something happens, you could find yourself without a practice and without an income. So you got to take that seriously. Um, and you got to prepare for that. I think, uh, you know, like knock on wood here, if I couldn't practice for the next three months or three years, I would still have an income uh, for my practice. And so uh, it doesn't mean I don't have an emergency savings and all that, but you may have to tuck away a little bit more money. So that's more of a business thing, but you may have to have uh, some security there if you're the lone wolf because it's just you, right? Yeah, there's disadvantages for sure, like tax Mm -hmm. disadvantages and the Christmas parties are pretty lonely. (laughs) A a big corporate practice Christmas party and... But there's positives too. Lone wolves never end up on on billboards, you know, they don't get... They don't get a race cars named after them. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely benefits. I, but I think ultimately try to delegate uh, early on when you don't have the money to outsource, you're going to have to wear a lot of hats, uh, but you want to start removing them as quickly as you can, including the marketing stuff. Um, but early on, you know, start learning how to do Facebook ads, it's not that hard. Start, develop a MailChimp account, start, start doing those things and you'll, you'll get really uh, good at it. <clears throat> and then when you start to outsource it, it'll be easier. Who do you think is, uh, slide the scale from left, <clears throat> left to right, who do you think is more of the person that needs the book? Or, or who do you think is out there that would need this book? Are there people that just are not doing anything or just more or less uh, clueless to marketing? whatsoever and and this book is for them or is it more like people are throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks and they really need organization wow well that those are both prime candidates for sure um i really you know again going back i'm not the best uh author per se but i'm really well at organizing and i felt like i did a really good job of organizing 
this book in a way that's easy to digest. And then it was uh, written and, and edited very well to do that. And so um, if you're, if you have no idea what marketing is for a chiropractic office or just in general, this is really going to guide you on everything from the proper audience development to the messaging to how to do Facebook, how to do all the stuff. It's it had a plan for it as well. So we're really going to dive into that. Um, and, and I see a lot of chiropractors that fall into that category. They just, they really don't know where to start. And this is going to take you on a step-by-step -step path. Uh, but then there's that chiropractor that's throwing a lot of stuff on the wall. And that tends to be the one where I even have a whole section on it where it talks about don't put the cart before the horse. And these folks tend to put the cart before the horse a lot with their marketing and they get very frustrated when it's not working. So I've got uh, chiropractors that come to me where they're spending two, three, four thousand dollars a month on some sort of paid ads, Google and Facebook, and they're not getting the results they want. And when you dive into it, it's just like, well, you just did nothing for your content strategy and your messaging and it's, you haven't built out an audience. So it's, and you don't even know what audience you you're looking for. You're, you're trying to be everything to everybody. Right. Yep. And so it falls on deaf ears and, and they've got a money. Uh, they're wasting a lot of money. Right. Whereas the other chiropractors not doing anything and they're wasting a lot of money in the sense of it's, there's no revenue coming in. Uh, so I, I feel like the book could help both of those folks out um, and really do that. Now, if you are a practice that, is high level and you've outsourced to all the great Facebook ads strategists and everybody's doing all these things for you and you're, you got it all humming. Yeah. Um, it could be a good book for your associate maybe, um, but it's not necessarily going to change the world for you. And there's some chiropractors that are doing some phenomenal marketing uh, and it's, it's always fun to see. And I try to spot spotlight some of those uh, on the podcast. Book have any pictures? It's got 13. Yes. <laughs> we, we did some, uh, we got some good pictures in there. Uh, definitely helps out. We got some pictures of the workbook that supplement into the book. And again, the graphics designer that I worked with uh, from Parker. So it's Parker's graphic designer did a, a bang up job of, of everything. So it's pretty exciting. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing I'm excited about is like they just Parker did a first class, um, production of this book and it just all looks really good and you know i have you to thank a little bit for the title i think you know that yeah the title was my idea yeah it was like uh parker gave me i think four ideas i ran them as a poll in my facebook group and one of them was like something close to doing it right modern chiropractic marketing but it was not worded correctly and you just simply commented doing it right. And, and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> That's what I do. That, that kind of guy. <laughs> so I read it by, I read it by Parker and like, Oh yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so, so thanks again for that. Uh, yeah. Hopefully it helps you and Parker out to have a, a, an appealing title. Yeah. You're a wordsmith. They call that. Uh, you, sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's an art obviously. Right. You know, and sometimes, um, I drone on with some words too. So I'm, I'm working on that a little bit. I have my own book coming. I want, I want you to get your own shine. I want you to have your own uh, spotlight. I don't want to take anything away from it whatsoever, but once doing it right is out there and people are gobbling it up, uh, the, the book, Forward Thinking Chiropractic, will be out there. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, and, and I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf of writers, so I don't have a... I don't think Parker would pick up on my opinion piece. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I have my own editor and things like that too. So yeah, no, it'll be good. So it's, it's a fun process. You know, I, I did a lot of 5am to 7am writing before going. This was, I wrote this before I was only doing Monday and Thursdays. I was Monday through Friday and uh, I was doing a lot of 5am to 7am writing at the coffee shop when you could go to coffee shops and uh, it was a process, but exciting. And, I, and I, I know the chiropractors, I know one thing, if they read the book, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really work them through marketing, not just for new patients and for a million dollar practice, right? It's actually going to be how to, how to attract, uh, retain, and get people to uh, really um, become a tribe in your community as far as patients. So I'm excited about that. No, it's still applicable to that thing. Like what, when you decided to become a chiropractor, what was your dream? What did you want to do? And yep. whatever the person says, whatever their dream was, 
this method, because we teach this method in the Chiropractic Success Academy already, this method gets you to that thing. Like, what is your audience? What do you want to say to them? What do you want to provide to them? What, where do you want to go as the leader of their tribe? What you're doing is you're creating a tribe and then you're trying to attract the tribe to your practice. Um, You know, and then we get the, uh, well, Kevin, I'm a doctor. I'm not a marketer. Mm You know, and it's like we in the Chiropractic Success Academy say that we have four jobs, right? We have four responsibilities. You're a, you're a content producer, you're a clinician, you're a business owner, and, uh, you have, and you're a doctor. You have to manage your own personal headspace. Yep. And if you can't accept that that's what the modern, the modern typecast of a chiropractor is, I think you're going to have some hard times. You're going to have mm-hmm. to search around for ways to work around that idea. Well, let's hopefully get a hospital gig where you don't have to market or something. That'd be good. That'd be good. Let's use an example. Um, Let's take, let's take uh, Stu McGill, right? Everybody, I think who listens to this podcast, I know he's been a guest on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think he's never done any marketing? (laughs) Right? Right. I mean, the mustache is part of the marketing. It is. That's branding. And then you got <laughs> part of that is his wife told him he can never shave that thing off again. That's true. <laughs> uh, joking on that part, but you know, he's written books, he's creates content. He's become a, a foremost authority in a topic, you know, a, a, an industry leader. And so he is what we would say is doing invisible marketing. And that's what I talk about a little bit about the book is that uh, we don't want our community to feel like they're being marketed to, yeah. And, and it should be invisible, but we start to rattle off the, you know, the Greg Roses and the Craig Levinson's and the Stu McGill's and the Greg Cook's and all the people that we look up to that have developed this huge following. What they've been doing is content marketing, right? Obviously they, they've got the bedrock of clinical and that's what I want chiropractors to have. Like this book is not meant to cover up being a shitty chiropractor. It's meant to enhance or be a megaphone for the fact that you are a great chiropractor and you're patient centered and you've spent the time to be an actual clinician. That's great. But unfortunately, too many chiropractors are failing with only that tool in their tool belt, right? That's the table stakes is to be a great uh, If I just do a good job, they'll keep coming back to me just doesn't work as not. I mean, it does occasionally, right? Like there's some people that are out there, but I, I would assume you're not them, right? You could be, but let's not make that assumption and let's highlight and let's get education out there in your community and let's do it the right way. And that's really the essence of the book. It's not about the, 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 like convincing ad that's going to drive 43 new leads into your practice. It's not the, you know, it's not the spinal check at the local health fair, uh, whatever. It's just really becoming a leading authority in your community around health education, whatever that is to you. And then obviously making sure that you uh, do that consistently. What kind of stuff do you guys produce for your practice what content mm-hmm. like how is it set up like i'm i have a, the heart of a teacher yeah so my content is usually more educationally based yep you're not gonna great. see me on the ground doing like stretches yep. <laughs> <laughs> well you know the heart of a tra- i don't have the heart of a trainer you know yeah. that's what someone with yeah. the heart of a trainer is going to get on the ground and be like here's your stretches mm-hmm. for for home you know so what kind of perspective do you offer to your people yeah, because I feel like there's, two, I see chiropractors thriving when it pertains to marketing in two different ways. Sometimes you get the the person that's just hitting a grand slam in one channel, right? Like their Instagram is just blown up or their YouTube or whatever. And then you get some like, why well, I would put my practices is, is that we've done really well more in this uh, content marketing total web presence where... Uh, our website is our hub and, and then around it, everything else is the spokes around it. But we want to try to get everybody to our website. We make sure it's, uh, you know, branded well, it's messaged well, it's attracting the right type of people and maybe repelling the people we don't want. It's got good SEO. So we're getting Google, we're getting Google referrals into our practice. We're getting um, a lot of different traffic uh, to our Facebook channel. We've done well on Facebook. Uh, we have not done well on Instagram. We have not done well on YouTube. Um, and we've also done very well with our email list. Like I've been emailing once a week 
for six years of my patients. And when we closed for a month for COVID-19 and reopened and sent out emails, it was amazing how we got a lot of people back. And so uh, we're, we're really well-rounded, but at the heart of it is content. And we then take that content and distribute it out certain ways. And we've put together online course. Like if you go to our website, there's online courses that people can sign up for. So it's a good lead generation, but also it educates them. We've done, we've done a virtual summit for runners and triathletes in our community, right? So uh, we try to get creative in how we distribute it, but we're not hitting any uh, grand slams. We're, we're, we're kind of a singles hitter in my practice, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and Pete spread, Rose. Yeah, spreading the ball all around the field. Yeah, which is, it brings up another topic, not to, to belabor it, but you don't, you also don't want to spread yourself too thin early on, right? I think you have no, if you have no presence right now, you don't want to launch everything right away. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, pick, pick a lane and like really hit that hard and then you can go into the other one and then you can go to the other one. Right. And that's, that would be my recommendation for that. But um, I think we have two distinct examples uh, in chiropractic success Academy. We didn't, we don't want to use the doctor's names specifically. Mm-hmm. I think we have permission to, but let's just not do it. But um, yep. we have one where for COVID we, our strategy in chiropractic success Academy was at some point we're going to reopen everyone's going to reopen and people are going to think about seeing chiropractor again. What are some of the things that are, what are some of the thoughts that are going to go through a patient's mind as they're uh, thinking about whether they want to go out and go see the chiropractor again? And what can you do to create content around that? And a big issue was cleanliness and strategy, how we are, how we are strategizing to take care of your health in regards to COVID. And one of our, one of our uh, members went full on with that and created an ad strategy around showing how clean the office is, how they're masked up and wearing gloves and how they're taking um, proper precautions for everybody who comes in. And the, the doctor was clean. The office was clean. The, the video was clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's had his best month, best weeks and months and days like ever, ever in his entire career, just from mm-hmm. that one. So that's one example. And then another example is uh, the female doc who's never made any content whatsoever in her entire life. And she started just really making simple home exercise stretching videos for her tribe of people. And Mm -hmm. it's really paid off really well. Yeah, she really took the bull by the horns for sure on the video and it's it's going very well. Um, video is really good. I know a lot of people have some fear of it, but uh, it can be really good. Uh, if you got some kind of really unique writing skill set, like we talked about earlier, yeah. uh, I know chiropractors that do really good with blogs and, and emails. Uh, so that's something, you know, you can go to your strength if you have something that's just like, you know, out of this world. Uh, but video is really good. Yeah, that's a clarification to make. You see all the people mm-hmm. who are making uh, YouTube videos and yeah, and Facebook and all, you don't have to go there. Mm-hmm. You pick something and and yeah, start with what you're good at, but pick something. Yeah, um, you know, and if you got some dance moves, hit up the TikTok. Go for it. Do what yeah. you got to yeah. do, man. Yeah. Yeah. Drop it like a pot. <laughs> and some people are going to be great on video and some people are going to be okay. And some, you know, it's, 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 it's not a, you'll get better at it. One of the things that's great when you start to create video or like, obviously you and I have a podcast is it helps your communication skills overall. And yeah. it, and it really kind of leaks into your patient communication, public speaking out in your community. You start to get better uh, and it really just moves the ball forward for you. Yeah. Think about how many podcasts we've done. If somebody in Boca was like, Hey, would you come on my local podcast and just talk about golf? I mean, yeah. it's a no brainer. You wouldn't even think about it. I'd be like, sure. Not a problem. Yeah. Or if someone's, if you were like, you know what, this, uh, uh, modern chiropractic marketing podcast or the FTCA podcast, they're really for the, for the community, for the chiropractic mm-hmm. community. But I'm going to start a podcast in my own city and just talk to local business people and they, you and me, it, it would just be the switch flip of a switch pushing of a few buttons. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's no, there's no emergency break on that. And mm-hmm. uh, we do also have another uh, CSA cl- uh, cu- uh, member. I keep saying customer member um, <laughs> where she started her own podcast like that, like a mm-hmm. community podcast. Yeah. Cause that's, that's her strength is talking to people and building relationships through communication like that. And uh, she's loving it. 
I want to talk about the podcast because you actually did a, I wrote about in the book too, and you did a, a lesson inside CSA about podcasting in the community. Um, and, you know, you're not going to have Tim Ferriss downloads if you do that, but no. there's this like cachet around being asked to be on a podcast. So imagine if you're a chiropractor in your community and you just, you develop a podcast around some kind of health topic, whatever it may be. And you started to ask local experts in your community to be a guest on your podcast. Uh, a few things happen, but one is you're making an instant connection with that expert in the community and it's really that law of reciprocity they will highly there's a high chance they'll become a referring person to you mm -hmm. so that's a big one two is is that person ends up sharing the heck out of that episode because they're so proud that they were invited on a podcast a lot of people don't realize but before i did the modern chiropractic marketing show i used to have the modern desk jockey podcast and i did 88 episodes of that and it was great and i did it weekly and I did that, you know, I had some national guests on there, but I also had a lot of local and it was amazing the relationships I developed by, by doing that. And so uh, it can really be a great form of content and then you can repurpose it. Like it can become an email to your email list. You can transcribe the show notes and put it on your website for SEO benefits. Not a lot of people are going to probably read the show notes, but it's on there. Uh, and it's just a, a really good way of starting a content uh, platform. Okay. So we covered content a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of our listeners again, and they may be like, Oh my goodness, where do I even start with content? And there's so many different ways to go with it. What do I do? Um, I'm going to suggest one thing. Then you suggest something. We'll play suggestion volleyball. Okay. <clears throat> I suggest that they just carve out a period of time in their day mm -hmm. where they are dedicated to, to producing some type of content, whatever they decide it is. Mm -hmm. So they schedule a moment for content production. Yep. Now you can make a suggestion. Can I just double that one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, no, that's a phenomenal one. And, and that's what I, I'm just going to touch on it, and then I'm going to give you my suggestion. Um, I get ahead of my calendar. I, I definitely do a lot of things and I get ahead two or three weeks and I block out chunks of time. Uh, I read the book Deep Work by Cal Newport, which talks about the lack of deep work that people do. And so I block off like tomorrow morning, actually from seven to 11, I've got blocked off labeled deep work. And I'm not, it's not going to be like five hours of me doing deep work, but it's going to be at least two. Uh, and I'm going to really work like heads down on something. And so I want you, I want people to schedule ahead that time, block it off and it's not available for anybody else. Uh, so that just piggybacks on what you're saying. And then my volley, my part of this is, is, is start with something. And I talked about this on your virtual summit where, where you could start with the blog and it's not that you're going to have this huge readership of people on your blog, but it's a great starting point to where if you pick a, to like pick a, t a topic that's going to serve your audience, whatever that audience is, or at least one of the niches within your audience, pick the topic, write a, a nice 750 word blog on it. And then from there, that is your topic for the month. And when you write that, you'll realize, you know, there's probably three or four videos I could shoot that would support this, right? So uh, you could have nice short three, five minute videos and you put those on YouTube. Then you put those YouTube links into the blog, put it onto your website. It gets sent as an email and all of a sudden you've generated really close to a month's worth of content just from picking the audience, picking the topic, writing the blog and that's spawning off the videos. Then you leverage all those distribution channels to get that out in front of your audience. So it doesn't have to be this thing where you're constantly trying to think of 23 different topics every month. It can be, it can be one or two. And then that's a form of creating and repurposing. Okay. The third thing is curating content. So, you know, whether it's Cairo up or evidence-based chiropractor or some of the other ones that create good content that's shareable, you can, curate other people's content as long as the message is congruent with yours and you reference it properly you know reference it properly uh, that's going to help you know, really supplement your content strategy so it doesn't have to be overwhelming i think that's the biggest uh, misconception chiropractors have 
Oh, you did three things. You did a bump set and spike. <laughs> I was I a dug up your spike and I'm saying, yes, I agree. You should probably even make themes, you know, like for one quarter, you're only talking about one subject back, like low back pain or, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to focus on cyclists for two months or, you know, yeah. you can make episodes, you can make mini series out of the content. Some things are going to be seasonal, right? Like for me, yeah. golf is, is winter. And, and if you're in New York, golf is summer. Uh, so I'm not going to write, I'm not going to do golf stuff in the summer down here because it, people are playing, but it's too damn hot. Uh, so yes, you know, there's running season. There, there's like a lot of different seasons. So you got to take that in consideration as well, which is why I like people to do monthly and quarterly marketing planners. And that's how we talk about that in the book as well. Really had to develop a strategic plan. But really right now, if you're doing nothing, um, Think of it as learning an instrument, learning to cook really well, uh, any sort of thing that takes practice. You just have to at least first do it mm -hmm. and, and get better through doing and then paying attention and learning some tips and tricks along the way. But you have to at least start with something. You do. And um, you heard of Scott Adams, Dilbert guy? Well, I've heard of Dilbert. So, yeah, yeah. I've heard of Scott Adams. He, um, he's written some really good books and I mentioned it in reference in there. The other thing that was tricky about writing a book for a, a major university is they were really strict on my, uh, references. And like I had to get written agreements from people like, uh, Seth Godin and Donald Mill. Like it was, it was tricky, but I got it all, put a lot of effort into it. But I mentioned skill stacking in the book and that's a, and that's a, a Scott Adams, uh, I don't know if he invented it or not, but it's in his book and it's essentially stacking skills that are really in line with each other. So it's not being a chiropractor and also opening up a subway sandwich shop. Those are two different skills that aren't really going to stack upon each other. But if you developed a skill of clinical expertise and then you stacked onto it, some marketing skills, and then you stacked on it, communication skills, and then you stacked on it, some business, you know, 20 years into this, like, like you and I are getting, you end up pretty formidable yeah. with, a, with, a, yeah, with a pretty wide skill set and, and they feed each other. And it's, it's amazing what ends up happening when you do that. My video game players know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. That's developing their character, right? Yeah, exactly. All so. you LARPers out there, all three of you, you know what that's like with your Dungeons and Dragons character. You, you build and you specialize. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and that's powerful because uh, one of these things with... Uh, I guess you could say associates mm -hmm. that I try to tell associates out there is your job as an associate is to make yourself so valuable to your team that no one can get rid of you. And if you can stack skills and become uniquely uh, powerful in some sort of way and, and beneficial to the practice you work for they're they're going to really value you and they, they won't want you to leave. I agree. Which means and, they'll have uh, to pay you more and pay you more and pay you more to keep uh, you. And, and they, you know, and they end up shouting on the rooftops for you. That's the thing that's pretty yeah. cool is like you're not only does your marketing have a megaphone for your practice is all these patients have a megaphone for you as well. And, and that's, that's where you get that just fun, thriving practice. Uh, what dreams are built, what dreams are made of. They're not dreams. They're in a book. And that book is called doing it right by Kevin Christie, DC. I appreciate it. You like that? That was good, man. Like, <laughs> that's what they call a sagui. Sagui. <laughs> that's a word. That little tangent is like, I never knew how to spell Q. Like, I go to Europe. I, I like to travel, <laughs> and they would always talk about Q, and I'm like, I'm spelling it Q. -U -E, you be like a like a pull stick. <laughs> and I remember seeing that word fine for the first time. Q U E U E. Like all that. I was like, oh, that's what that, that's how you spell yeah. it. Why can't it just be Q-U-E? Exactly. Let's make it easy. <laughs> so how are people going to be able to get this book? Yeah, I'm going to make it easy. And this is a marketing tip as well. You know, you don't want those ugly, long URLs that never people can't remember or anything. So you could always bit.ly link it. I do this a lot. And you can go to bit.ly. It's free. And just take a long, ugly URL and make it a pretty one. So uh, bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y slash doing it right. MCM as in modern chiropractic marketing and you can get it now on pre-order and it's going to be ready in August, but there's a pre-order discount. So check it out. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I would love some of your feedback. You know, you're going to hear it from me. Yes. Thank you. And uh, 
we'll see who's on whose podcast next. Maybe we'll do one of those podcasts where we both podcast each other. We both interview each other. Yeah, that that'd was be good. Fun. We did that. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Thank you for putting in the work in to make this book. It's going to help a lot of people. I know it. Well, I appreciate being a big part of it.